Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So glad to have you here again, once again, for the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. Today, I'm here with my friend, Hani, not Hani. Learn how to pronounce things, people. That's why you ask people ahead of time how to pronounce things. Hani Gluck is here today. She is a wife, mother, and entrepreneur for the last 17 years. She successfully sold her first company, 4D Medical, a medical billing company, and is quickly growing her second business, 4D Global, an offshore operation in India and the Philippines. 4D Global helps medical billing companies and healthcare software companies grow and scale their businesses easily by leveraging the global workforce. Such a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me, Brian. Oh, you betcha. Wouldn't miss it. So, oh boy, we go back such a long time ago. <laughs> Is it weeks <laughs> now, right? So we met in Boston, even though we're not from there or tied to it in any way, but we were at a really large marketing conference. If any of you have been following us on social media, you know what I'm talking about. It's the Inbound Marketing Conference, which is HubSpot's user conference, but it has gracefully blossomed over the last, I don't know, seven or 10 years or so into a monster-sized marketing event of size. I think they said official estimates were about 26,000 attendees, something like that. So we got together. We we're talking there and we had a lot of really great discussions, mainly about entrepreneurship. So speaking of entrepreneurship, first question, I know you and I have talked a lot about the different stages of entrepreneurship. So not super into everything in the past because we already read kind of the bio about you, but tell everybody kind of where you're at and those stages of entrepreneurship. So you're over the hump of just, you know, not starving to death and selling blood and plasma to go get groceries and stuff. <laughs> so, and, and thankfully, right. You know, we've all been there, but where do we go from there? Right. So a lot of entrepreneurs, they never make it this far, but what happens then? So a great question. Um, I've, gone through many stages from the solopreneur to delegating to creating the systems and processes, then setting up the metrics, then dealing with employees and getting the right team together. Once you have the right team together, it's about retaining your people and really building a fantastic culture and just continuing to build that as you continue to grow. And then building that sales and marketing team, which is really you know the stage I'm at right now. Uh, we have a full-time salesperson, full-time marketing person, and continuing to add more salespeople, just expanding our reach and growth. I also feel I'm developing from into the integrator, uh, into the visionary and having an integrator. So where I kind of come up with a vision and then I have people that can execute on it, which is amazing to have. And then just creating meaning through the work we're doing. So realizing that a business is great, but how much greater can it be if we can do meaningful work and create meaning for people at their jobs, but also figure out ways to give back is, is also, you know, th conscious capitalism, if you want to call it. Um, just 
As opposed to the evil, greedy, baby-eating capitalism. Yes, I would agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So I feel, for me, those are the stages that, you know, I feel like I've gone through every day, continuing to to go through that. Awesome. So I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs want to hear, I think the majority of entrepreneurs fail, but for the ones who are still standing and they survived the high tide (laughs) as it's crashing down on them, and they're still standing up against the waves, what do you think is the most important first hire, right? So your owner operator, you're in your basement, you have a little office, whatever. Where do you go first? Because you you purposefully went through, you said dealing with employees, right? So sometimes it's not always so fun. So where do you think the first hire goes and where do you go from there? If we can just back up a, a second in that. I When I had my first company, I couldn't afford to hire somebody. So I started off with an intern and had the intern work for free because they had to out of billing school or whatever it was. But there are plenty of people that you can find that would work free for free just to get some experience. So that could be a first hire. But then once you're, so then you can take that intern once you see that they're doing good work and then you can hire them and pay for them. So it makes it less scary. Um, but if you have the money and you're able to just hire somebody straight away, Hire slow, fire fast is always my motto. Um, We do personality assessments, um, multiple interviews. We use the WHO method. Um, For those of you who've read the book by Jeff Smart and Randy Street, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a a process of hiring. Um, It involves multiple questions, different scenarios. And then once you've found the right person, you have to sell them on the job as well. And you want to tell them about what a fun place it's going to be, the flexibility, um, the work-life balance they're going to have. So um, for every company, it's different, obviously. But so we we follow that process and there's lots of different steps, but that's that's kind of how we hire right now. And But you can apply that for a small business owner can work the same process. Fabulous. So yeah, folks. Regardless of who you are, how powerful you are, you can be Bill Gates, you could be two of us here, you could be all of you listeners out there. We still all have the same precious 24 hours a day. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to invent more than 24 hours a day by having employees. And that's all there is to it. Don't work yourself into an early grave. That's ridiculous. So at some point, especially in the early years, you got to get into that delegation. You have to branch out. You have to get all these people to grow out there and get beyond that comfort zone. So let's dive a little bit into delegation. So how have you effectively delegated? You could talk about your original company or the company you're on now. I would rather talk about where you are now because I think that's the whole point of the show is to kind of get from where we are to where we're going. So how did I how did I hire? So, right. So, well, we talked about how to hire. So this is more... Now that you've hired, now that you've got the right people on the bus, like Jim Collins would say in Good to Great, what are we going to do with delegation? Tell everybody a little bit about how you use delegation as a process, what you prefer to delegate to your team, whether it's interns, contractors, team, outsourcing. What do you retain and why? Okay. So I like to look at it as what are the things that are unique to me versus what anyone else can do. And I think that almost everything I do, in fact, everything I do is delegatable. I'm not doing anything that's super genius that I can't teach someone how to do. 
So everything's about creating a system and a process and sitting down. And sometimes I'll just hit record on my screen as I'm doing something, record a video, upload it onto, we use a product called Trainual, where we store all our policy and procedures as a way to put videos in there. And there's a way to give people assessments and and quiz them on the material. So you really know if they learned it appropriately. And then you develop metrics and you watch those metrics and make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to do. So that goes to operations, that's in the sales team, that's in the finance department. Every department in the organization has a very clear system and process. If you don't have things documented, there's just no way you can delegate it. And it would take you a ton of time to do it. You may have someone that you train and they leave six months later and then you're back to square one. So delegate, uh, document, delegate. I love that. And another thing- And and watch those metrics. Yeah, and metrics. I love what you said about the assessment. I don't always hear everybody talking about that. So a lot of companies, especially large companies, they'll just gather you together. You'll watch a bunch of videos and all that. I feel like when it comes to that whole learning and development kind of segment, onboarding, people have policies, they have procedures, you sign some stuff, but keeping people accountable and honest like that, I honestly don't hear that much. I think that's fascinating. What made you think to do that? Well, it's a feature within the product that I use called Trainual that I use all the time, and it has the ability to create assessments. So why not use it? And we use it, and it's effective. And we have a very large team offshore. There's no other way to make sure that everybody is an A player unless we assess them and take tests and do workshops and do training, making sure that everyone's on point. And we're always looking at the weakest link. So we try to constantly evaluate and we usually try to, in a nice way, say, uh, suggest that they find other work uh, if they're in the bottom 3%. I'm not not familiar with that. I'm just kidding. But I I think (laughs) leaders should be servants, right? If you're going to run a company, you're serving others. You're serving your team. You're serving your family. You're serving their families. You're serving their customers, prospective customers, the whole internet with all your content. So when somebody sucks on your team, you're serving them by saying, here's the door. So that's my version of nice, I suppose. But it's a favorite Absolutely. Them. Honestly, sometimes it could be the right person in the wrong fit. Sometimes it could be just the wrong person for the organization. Sometimes they're just dialing it in. And I don't know how you get a job th- these days like that. But let's let's switch a little bit on here. So we, I know we had talked about some of the new things that you're rolling out to the world. So before you had a whole live webinar now you're kind of moving it into a pre-recorded session and you're rolling all that stuff up into a new podcast, which I believe is called Growing Global, right? Yes. Yeah, so super excited. We used to have a monthly mastermind meeting where we'd bring somebody in and we'd do a live webinar. We just feel that pre-recorded stuff that people could listen to in the gym or on their commute to and from work, which is more effective and appealing to a broader audience. Uh, just entrepreneurs that are interested in growing and realizing that there is a global economy. You're not just limited to your employees, you're the people that you can find in your local state or local city. Um, there's a big world out there with lots of resources to help you run your business. So 
we're going to bring that to growing global and help people figure out how to do that. So what's something that people are missing with the world? Maybe outsourcing sometimes gets like a, a bad name or ring to it. What's something that people should kind of have in mind to be more open-minded to this process and methodology? Well, the unemployment rate is at an all-time low. It's very hard to get good people. Good people are already employed and, and usually happy and you have to kind of pull them away. So we're in this point in our economy, which is great, but when you want something done for inexpensive, if you want something done well, but you don't want to spend a lot of money, there's a big world out there with lots of people that could really use the money and are so grateful to have the work to consider doing that. And it's so easy with Fiverr and Upwork, as we all know, when we need something. So we are using it a lot. I just think that there's greater ability to use it and to really grow your business that way and also increase your profitability by doing that. So you just become a more profitable company if you're finding the type of work that can be outsourced. That's a great way of looking at it. And I think that's a lot more nuanced than a lot of people really think about. What would you say one of the most underrated regions of the world is for that kind of work right now? I mean, for me, from my experience, I love India for anything technical, specifically anything medical billing, but software development, tech, high tech skills are great in India. The Philippines is great for anything that's communication. If you have to talk to people, um, they're really very emotionally intelligent people, which I really like. Um, I haven't had a chance to explore other areas. I know there's, you know, people are outsourcing to Israel and other places. Um, that India and the Philippines are what I know. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And even that's more super detailed than I think a lot of people get a chance to do. So, believe it or not, we've actually hit our 15 minutes here. So, Connie, it has been an absolute pleasure. Where can everybody find you out there online? Okay. So, I hit me up on LinkedIn, Connie Gluck, and um, check out our podcast. It's launching next week called Growing Global. And uh, our website, 4dglobalinc.com. Fabulous. You've been a wonderful guest, and we really appreciate all of the knowledge that you brought here today. Thank you, Brian. You bet.